show and thank you for checking us out. Make sure that you rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we've got a really important conversation coming up for anybody who lives in Montana, visits Montana, writes Montana on a napkin, has it on a bucket list or anything else related to the state. We're going to talk with the powers that be at Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. That's a conversation that could probably take place over a period of days for many, many people. <laughs> We're going to try to try to get to some important stuff. That's all we can promise. Yeah, Licensee and Bureau Chief Emily Cooper and the director of FWP, Hank Worsick. We have our conversation with those guys coming up. They're in charge of outside. Um, I don't know if you've ever considered that before, but being in charge of outside in a state this big with as much outside as we have, that's a big job. Yeah, and we all want to do the things we want to do. That's pretty much it. If it, and if it interferes in that in any way, we all get mad about it because we care about it a lot. And so we'll talk to the people that hear about that coming up. Speaking of outside, it is officially spring here in Montana, and you know that because someone has fallen off of Billings. Yep. And we've had somebody fall off the Rimrocks. And... Unfortunately, our very first grizzly bear attack of the spring because bears that are out and running around now are grumpy. That's right. And then uh, with everybody outside doing things, you're going to run into them. And when I say you, I hope it's not you. Uh, people are running into them in ways that they didn't used to. We, uh, we've had in past bird hunters getting attacked by grizzlies grizzlies aren't supposed to be where pheasants are that's a weird thing um and the, this particular guy was out uh he's a really good outdoorsman out there a lot and down in the paradise valley um towards living well between livingston and gardner and he um he was shed hunting and that's something that you don't associate with being a dangerous activity but grizzlies are everywhere well and we have run again into the verbiage problem that goes along with grizzly bear attacks because the people that write about this stuff don't want to call them in attacks they say the man was killed in a suspected encounter right. with a grizzly bear. Now, a suspected encounter can happen on a bad date. You can have a suspected encounter with a sheriff's deputy if yeah. you're speeding. Uh, when you end up dead and missing uh, and or clawed up, scratched up, as Alaskans are prone to say, <laughs> uh, that's not an encounter. No, and anytime you hear of an alien encounter, it's from somebody who says they encountered aliens. You never hear from people uh, who have had an alien attack. <laughs> because the same results. They don't survive. No, exactly. So we have uh, officially passed into spring here in Montana and in lieu of the bad news uh, coming out from the grizzly attack. And please, for anybody listening who's headed outside, man, be careful because the bears are different places. They're moving into new territories every single year. Their territory expands. They're finding them in places they haven't seen them range in 100-plus years. And if you're in dense cover... You're in grizzly bear territory. That's all there is to it. They have said now effectively all of Montana, but especially western Montana, is all grizzly bear habitat. All yeah, of it. And, and just just like you or I or anybody else, uh, if they, you take a very, very long nap, and I mean a really long nap, you are hungry after that, and that's what happens. Hangry, even. Yes. Uh, you they're, could, all, they're, always, they're always hangry. You could call it that. And if you are, in fact, made of meat, you're on the menu and that is an important thing to remember as we head on into spring. It is now time to transition to the people that are in charge of the bears. They should be telling them what to do and just to stop eating stuff that us, isn't... all of us. Yeah, people, I guess, but I don't know if they have that kind of all-inspiring power. Let's find out. It is time now to welcome in our guests. Glad to be joined by the director of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, Hank Warsek and Emily Cooper, the licensee and bureau chief for FWP, as we know them here in Montana. Hi, guys. Hi. How you doing? Uh, well, 
I'm great. I I get to play on radio for a living. Um, how are you guys? Well, I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, I am. Because I've got to imagine um, your life, we talk about Montana all the time, it's all about the outdoors, and uh, you guys are, rightly or wrongly, in charge of it, uh, according to everyone. What What is job one? You know, I look at it as taking care of the, the resource and meeting the public's needs. And, um, you know, it's a, I, I worked for the department for almost 20 years and then retired. And um, I actually was doing Emily's job and did some other things. And and uh, in this position, come up for director, and I had people talk to me about it. I said, no, I'm not that stupid. I wouldn't do that because I worked with the previous director. Well, obviously I am because I went through the interview process and got it, and I, I love the job. I mean, I deal with passion. Uh, doesn't matter what side of the issue you're on. Everybody's passionate about it. I mean, that's the reason why – People love Montana so much is because of the resources we have and the fishing game and the outdoor activities, all that stuff. So, and you make a uh, goal sound so simple, and yet uh, there's so much that goes into it. Basically, because there's a lot of parties involved, a lot of interests involved, and uh, different groups and different types of people who all come to you for the answers. And both of you, uh, and I can't even imagine what that's like. It, like I said, it's it's fun. That's why I like the job. It's a passion. I mean, I, a lot of times you got to tell people things they don't want to hear, but you just got to do a tact and be able to tell them the truth and be honest with them. So, it's uh, like I said, I wouldn't do any other job. It it is so it is a lot of fun because of people caring so much about what we do. All right, let me put in my selfish personal request while I've got you both cornered here. Try. Can no. we get a way meaner bear? <laughs> the logo. Yeah. We need a way meaner bear. I see that bear. Agreed. He looks kind of like. Eh. He's sort of dopey. He's been around like, a long time. Look yeah, at that we need a mate. With that's, a, there's that's a story behind that bear. I, I yeah, want, there is. I want yeah. a bear with blood coming out of its mouth, like something representative yeah. of what they actually do. Big fangs, the whole thing. Any <laughs> chance? No. No? All right. Put that on your You've got, you have gotten good at telling people things they don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> is well, he kind of lumpy? Yeah, we got so much to talk about with licensing and and districts and all the issues and you're bringing up the bear i got my the logo thing. bear hey don't judge me come on i, I want to meet i want man i want montana as a whole to put on a way meaner image <laughs> i think that's one of the ways to stem some of the flooding is that yeah, what you're looking exactly. for okay. like hey you all come right. here you get the fangy blood covered bear that's the deal yeah. <laughs> well first of all uh, you know what we're we uh right now uh in fact when this uh, when this uh, podcast drops we'll be a little past the deadline for the first round of license applications what's the most common issues that you hear about the license application process in the state so uh we get tens of thousands of calls probably last year we brought in about 40,000 phone calls answered about 12,000 emails from customers they're as simple as hey i want to hunt in montana what should i hunt where should i hunt how do i do that to uh, incredibly specific questions uh, i think hank would agree that our customer base is broad and they are knowledgeable and they are vocal are they knowledgeable or are you just being nice they're really knowledgeable we yeah. have some customers that know a lot of stuff and uh you know from time to time they tell me stuff that i didn't know so then i gotta check with my folks i'm like is that a thing I'm like that's a thing? <laughs> and then i gotta run upstairs and tell hank like you didn't tell me that was a thing and so we get a ton of questions on um, how do bonus points work, how do preference points work. We get a lot of... Uh, I'm six years in. I still have no idea. And I'm not going to tell you today. No, I don't. No, I'm no. just kidding. But keep I, on I'm playing. Giving... Keep on playing. No, there, there's, there's a point where I just threw my hands up with so many of those those kinds of... I'm like, I don't get it. I don't need to get it. I got my tag to shoot a deer. I, I give up. Like I, I'm not doing math. That's it. I'm not. No. I'm a hunter. 
not I, I'm not teaching math class. I don't know how those work. Yeah, you've got two guys here. One who is uh, who's fairly relatively new to the process of all this, and one who's grown up here since I was 12 years old buying licenses, and have have seen all of the changes and the way it's moved through all of the years. So there is, and there's there's you know there's complications with both of those things. Yeah. Learning the process, learning how the uh, the districts work in Montana and how the the different licenses work, but also you know trying to learn those on the fly from what used to be to what is now and, and going forward. So uh, you're, you're, like you said, you get both of those. Um, one of the biggest things, that, like you said, the points. I don't buy bonus points. I don't know. I don't understand even, and I've been doing this a long time, how how exactly they work. I didn't know there were two types of points. I did not know that. There are, but but preference points are specific to non-residents, so you don't need to care about oh, those okay, good. for any All right. reason. All you care about is bonus points, and bonus points give you more opportunities in a drawing. So if you buy one, um, and then you buy one for several years, you know, I think they've been around for about 20 years now, so if you bought a bonus point every year since they came out, you take those 20 bonus points, and we actually square them. So your name goes into the drawing 20 times squared, so you get more opportunities. I just opportunities. said, I'm not doing math. I don't know what squared even means. And I told you I wasn't going to tell you how this worked, but I just did. So yeah. yeah, but now I got to Google that. Like, what does it mean to square a number? I don't. Yeah, I don't know what twenty squared is, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So it does make a difference. Um, you know, we've run some statistics, we've done some analysis, and and uh, this really does change the game for some people. But some people, you know, they try they try every year and they don't get anything. For example, last year our deputy director's been putting in for three eighty. Um, and he's been been buying bonus points every year, and he came down after the drawing, and he's like, what can you tell me? I said, congratulations. He said, like, I, I got one? I was like, no, 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 you have 20 bonus points. Yeah. He's like, that is not how you lead this conversation. But I thought it was funny. He didn't agree. Well, and that, that goes back to, you know, I imagine the calls you get, and it's why I asked if you're really dealing with knowledgeable people, because when you get to a base as large as FWP has to deal with, there can be a lot of dum-dums in there. I get to say that. You don't have to. Um just because I know I, I've heard it. I've heard it from people who are convinced there's a personal vendetta against them specifically. <laughs> like, oh, I guarantee when they see my name come up, it goes right in the trash. I'm like, I don't know how many millions of people they're dealing with, but I have a hard time believing they're cross-referencing that particular spreadsheet to find your name. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you that don't happen. <laughs> I mean, it, I, we couldn't waste our time doing it. Right. It would be extensive and oh, like man. really complicated. Yeah, but I've heard that for, for years and years. Sure. There is a blacklist, and there's not. I mean, basically, we do a random draw. It's random, draw. and 100% random. And the, the beauty about bonus points compared to, I don't want to get into the preference don't. point part, but the bonus points, the good part about that is somebody can draw with, with having no bonus points or somebody can draw with having a whole bunch of them. It's still the opportunity to draw. It just increases your opportunity, increases your odds, is all it is. Well, it's like a draft lottery for the yeah. NBA. It's, you know, you get certain number of teams they've got a better odds because right. they had more ping pong balls and thing yeah so i get the theory it just when it comes to the practice there's a lot of you're clicking and agree here and check this box i accidentally bought a wolf mitigation thing last year i thought it was something else i'm like oh but all right i guess i got that money that's yeah. <laughs> that's gone through and i wasn't even sure what it was and then when you do talk to different people i know this as a hunter I start talking to somebody, they have their specific knowledge base. And that's what I, right. I've got to believe for you guys is just maddening because I'll meet a guy that knows everything about, say, HD 390, Hunting District 390 for people that are playing from around the country. And they know everything there is to know about it. And they're just speaking alphanumeric nonsense. It's just verbal diarrhea. And and they're throwing codes at me. And, oh, you got to get these 001. I'm like, I, I don't know what that, that That sounds like something that should be used to land a plane. 
Yeah. Um, so you guys have got to be dealing with a lot of that very specific because you mean whatever that person's relationship to nature means. That's what your job is. And so, you, I mean, how do you how do you find enough people to be specialists in all of the things? You don't. They can't. They can't cover everything. Right. We've got our best shot. And like I said, it's it's the passion. Just being able to walk people through things is where the big part of it is, and just be able to talk to them and and show them in the regulations. And the regulations are are complex for a reason. They're complex because of the opportunity we have. I mean, we can hunt elk in this state from August fifteenth to February fifteenth, depending on where it is and all. So how do you capture that in a simple, you know, a simple way? You got to have a big regulation. If we wanted to make everything simple, we could say well, you can shoot one brown thing right. during, during this week, and there's a regulation in the back of your license. Right. I mean, I grew up in Michigan. That's the rule. That, that, yeah. There's two weeks in November, shoot a right. brown thing. There's only one brown thing. And yeah. you're dealing with a diverse state where there's prairies on one side of the state. There's yeah. mountains. There's uh, multiple, I mean, so many species and species that live in different environments. Uh, you've also got the farmland versus uh, forest. There's just, you know, there's the districts are different. Um, this, the, I know that you have discussed simplification. Right. How you, you just talked about how how this is complicated for a reason. But what types of simplification are you really concentrating on? So what we did on simplification is trying to get the, the license types together so they all mean kind of basically the same thing. So like V tags versus yes. uh, a permit and things like that. Perfect, that confuse perfect example. So yeah. what we had is we had a a B license for elk, which is antlerless, and then we also had a bee per, uh, permit for elk, antlerless elk. So the permit for antlerless elk, you had to have a general license in order to use your permit. A bee license is just a standalone license. And so there's a lot of confusion, plus they had two different dead, deadline dates to apply for it. So we got rid of that this year. We now have bee licenses only. Hmm. So, and the idea is we need to harvest a lot more elk. And how do you keep the numbers down? Keep them with, through harvesting cows. An antlerless elk. Now, did you also get rid of, uh, there was a problem a lot of hunters had who, if they bought, if they got a certain antlerless tag, it meant that they could not shoot uh, a bull with a, in a certain area. I know a lot of people had either that confusion or that was actually happening, and I know that that was one of the things that was also discussed. Yeah, there's a couple, a couple regions that still have that because of the numbers of elk they have and trying to manage them that way. But most of it is, that was, um, most of them are keeping open. You can have, if you buy another bee license, you can harvest a bull and a cow. Mm-hmm. And I, actually, you can, yeah, you can have it for three tags, but you can only harvest, or is it four tags? See? Three. Yeah. See? I, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I thought. No, you, you I got to take time and read these things well, and really do. go through them right. you know, in order to to, uh, to follow along. That's kind of one of the uh, messages here. Yeah, every in every region just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how they do that and how they apply it. Well, so we tried to standardize it as much as we could through the simplification. And, and you mentioned that you got to have complicated regulations. you got several ecosystems, 144,000 square miles and, and change, all of that stuff. And you've got changing uh imperatives because every the herd is different year to year the number of hunters is different year to year the private to public land access regulations are different year to year uh how much time goes into creating that specific for that next year when so many of the things that you guys are basing this stuff on are you forecasted out five years is it 10 years is it 18 months what is it well we usually we do them in a biannual season setting so it's every two years is how we set it up every every two years we just went through that process right and we learned a lot through that process last year and so when i took over what what i tried to do was lay line out roles for everybody to follow their roles so the roles of the department 
I mean, if you follow the public trust doctrine, what it is is you have, that's what we work under. So we have the trustees, which are the legislators or the commission people that are appointed or put in there. They're the ones that make, make the laws or rules. And then we have the wildlife managers, which is the department. And then we have the, uh, the public, the, the public which all we, who we work for. So how this is set up is the biologist should bring proposals forward based on the science. Okay, they bring the science forward, and they can listen to what the social aspect of it is, but the commission then listens to the social part. They're the ones who make decisions on quotas, everything else. The, de- the department looks at it with the biologist and says, yes, we can sustain this much harvest. We can do this without harming the resource. And then the, the commission listens to, well, how should we hunt it, where should we hunt it, and and dates and stuff like that. So that's how that that's how it works. And I'm, I've tried really hard to get people to understand their roles and to get the public to understand that, you know, you, you go to commission meetings, you make your public comments, that's where it's heard. You don't run into a, somebody in a bar that's from the department and say, you need to do this and walk away like it's done. <laughs> right. Because it's not. One man, one yeah. vote. Yeah. I let them know. And that's, that's, uh, that's the hardest part to get people to understand that I think we're really moving that way. And it's, uh, we got a new commission. We got a commission made up of with seven members now, one from each region that's been working real, I, I believe really, really well. It's, uh, rather than the, the old five member and, um, they kind of cover the, each one of their, their regions and, and listen to the people in the area and then bring it forward to the full commission. So it's, uh, and we've got a great chairman. It's, it's just good members on this thing and they do want to hear what people say. And they do get inundated with emails and calls. I was going to say, do you have any choice? Because you guys are hearing from people all the time. Everybody's the got time. input on everything when it comes to this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody. And everybody knows exactly what you should do. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get 1,500 emails that talk about just wolves. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, might get, you might get 1,500 more by the time yeah. we're done with it. So with the licensing process, I know uh, there's a lot of talk about the app this year. The app's big yeah. news. Uh, but I would rather, I want to talk about the progression of how it got here because we went from uh, um, the, the tag progression seemed to a lot of people to be kind of going backwards. Like we're, we were working with the yellow uh, paper where – all of the print would disappear all of a sudden, and that was an issue. And then yeah, the uh, vanishing ink tags were it, a dirty trick. It, that was it, it turned into the some of this uh, the printing process being too expensive. And then they went to a a paper app you can print at home, <laughs> or they print and it's it's just copier paper. It's just normal, and it and it can you have to protect it from moisture and all of that. And now we're to an e tag where you don't even have to have a tag on the carcass. And I think that uh, I'm sure you've heard every question about this, about why are you going with this terrible paper? And then why are you doing this with an e-tag? And I might not have service. I've seen all the questions in the comments. But what is your kind of goal? What is kind of the thought process in the in the kind of the transition through all these tag phases? Um, so I, I hear all of that stuff. And I think I came a, lot, a couple of years ago to talk about the paper tags with you yeah. guys. And so I'll kind of start there. So we'll, we'll talk about the yellow disappearing ink yeah. tags. Okay. <laughs> so when we, when we go back Take to my that, word for it, this was a moose tag. <laughs> and it's funny that you say disappearing ink. There was never any ink on it. We never inked it at all. What it was, was it was thermal paper, waterproof paper. And, and we had these specialized printers that would burn it on there mm-hmm. so it was a heat printer and it would print it on there and it was never meant to these printers were never meant to burn through waterproof paper so we'd have to amp it up like to, to its highest setting so they would burn out way quicker than they were ever meant to and then guess what they stopped making those mm. like they're okay so we're done with that so i think as a department we are forced with it's really difficult to find that paper 
and it's difficult to to find a, a printer that would burn onto that paper. And lots of other states had moved in a different direction, than, so they just weren't doing this anymore. So the cost was ridiculous. It was really di- hard to replace it. Uh, the system that we had in place for our licensing system, which is our core system um, of FWP, we all use it. There's 50 different applications that feed into that one system that's over 20 years old now. And okay. if you think about your laptop being 20 years old, that's madness. You don't. That's right. not a good idea. So we're like, this This doesn't work. So it's so old that the code only allows for one printer option. And we have 400 license providers all over the state that sell licenses on behalf of FWP. So we'd have to replace all of those at the same time with the same thing. Um, so we knew that this problem was coming. So we had to do something uh, so proactively, which is why we, we moved over to regular paper, knowing that the digital app was coming. Um, that there would be options, that that we would have another option for folks. So I think uh, department-wide, we were trying to, like I said, our our customer base is broad. We have the guys that have come into our office for 50 years. They want to talk to the same lady in Glasgow that they've always talked to. And then we have another uh, generation of hunters that are are my kids' generation. They want to do everything on their phone. Mm -hmm. And so we as a department have to accommodate everything in between. And so I think that 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 this year we did offer the app, um, but you can still get it in paper. So we're trying to do a, a customer service. I know that it seems a little clunky, but everything always is when you make a transition and you modernize anything. Uh, folks are worried about how this is going to work, uh, when they can use it, why they won't use it. Uh, I literally told my, my sons, I was like, "You're getting it, and you're liking it. <laughs> right. You're doing it." Well, I, the day the day that you guys released the press press release, I put the app on my phone, mm-hmm. and then immediately we were talking about it. On our, ra- uh, on our regular day job radio show, and I uh, immediately took an email from a friend of mine that is convinced you guys are going to be using it to send out uh, geolocation positions <laughs> for certain hunters <laughs> so that you can send uh, officers out to their locations to screw up their morning sit. Uh, <laughs> and this is the stuff that good I idea. see. I can't imagine. <laughs> the objections no, are... No, it's not a good idea! Yeah. The objections to this are... I've read just the silliest things. I actually read a comment on, on one of your Facebook groups. Uh, I think it might have been the main FWP page, where a guy said, who's going to be responsible when I go to ha- hand my phone to an, uh, an officer to check my license and I drop it? Like, <laughs> you are! So, if you so drop your do phone today, it's still your responsibility. It was the dumbest comment I've heard, but you guys get that extreme case where, you know, what happens when it rains out and I'm trying to tag my elk and my paper dissolves. Like, it's just kind of... the same but, thing. By the way, that's yeah. legit. Because I, I did have a deer tag that turned to paper mache in my hand. But you're, you have the digital app. You're, that's not going to be a problem anymore. Well, well that's <laughs> this was two years ago. <laughs> and I was, you're never I was out there. I was... I'm not not proud of some of the words I used trying to cut wet pay and then it just tore in half and I'm like okay well what are the odds somebody's gonna stop me between here and my truck this is legal I'm just gonna have to take my word for it because I have this wadded up what looks like a napkin uh, left because is that when you decided like we need to get FWP it was raining pretty good they need an answer for this (laughs) no but I mean it's a it, it occurs to me that you guys have and again if you look at the FWP website it's not just tags it's 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 white nosed bats it's uh, pictures from you know the bird migrations. It's camping regulations. It's conservation info. It's educational pieces. So it it I try not to get cornered in my own little my own little bubble where the things that concern me are obviously should be your top priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the that was the real draw to this conversation because you guys are omnipresent. Every part of Montana, so much of Montana is regional. FWP is not. You guys have to know Glasgow. 
to Sydney to Missoula, Lolo, the Kootenai, like doesn't matter where you are, uh, you guys are a, are a feature presence. And that's got to be just an immense responsibility. It is. And it, like I said, once, once again, that's why I took the job. I mean, that's ridiculous, by the yeah, way. I did yeah, not I describe that. I don't want the job. Right there. That's, that sounds miserable. Right. Well, I'm a former Marine, so I'm a little sadistic. Okay. So, <laughs> right, this, I, actually, that makes a lot more sense. It, yeah, it usually does when I tell people that. <laughs> right. so is it, this uh, really, really hard? Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's exactly it. We deal with so many different things. And what, one of the major changes I made is we have parks and recreation. It used to be parks. Now it's parks and recreation. We've moved things around like that. To help take care of our fishing access sites, we used to have, we used to have backhoes for parks, a backhoe for fisheries, and a backhoe for wildlife in the same regional office. Three different ones to be used. We're combining a lot of stuff together, be more efficient, more effective, put our personnel doing things, working together because we have one mission, and and that's the thing is it's it's not just wildlife, it's not just fisheries, it's not just parks, it's fish, wildlife, and parks together. So my goal has been to, to get rid of the silos and bring everybody together. We all work for the same logo, for the same brand, and we provide a service to the public, and we should all be proud of what we do. Get a meaner logo. You'll bring people together. Yeah, bond people. We, I'm telling well, you. There's so much like criticism. Have an arm in the mouth of that bear. Yeah. I'm onto something. Everybody's so critical because they are so passionate about it. But it's funny because uh, if you ask a lot of these people who are hunters, fishermen, campers, outdoorsmen, and you say, you know, how is Montana when compared to other states? And you go, oh, it's awesome here. Everything here. Yeah. We got great hunting. We got great fishing. We got great, great. Our rivers are clean. And we have natural trout. And the camping's incredible. What about the uh, organization? What about the agency that runs this? Oh, they're terrible. Those two things. <laughs> can't really make a lot of sense overall but you're going to find these things that you have an issue with and and it's so passionate that you're going to be very vocal about it yeah. I, as I, and it sounds like you guys completely understand that it's part of the thing well that's one of the things that I, I do too is i did it last year and i'm going to continue to do it as i go around the state with my director's office staff and i go out and have public meetings in each one of the regional offices I have a meeting that night with the public come in, ask me any questions. I, I tell them, I said, I come to you unafraid. Ask me any questions you want about anything, I'll tell you what's going Brave on. Brave man. And then, then the next day, we have a meeting with all the staff. Ask all the questions you want. And doing the season setting this year, we gained a lot. A lot of information from talking to the people out there. And what I heard repeatedly is, this is the first time we've seen a director out here. Right. And it's, I love going out there and seeing those people. I went... A couple of weeks ago, I went down to Anaconda Sportsman, and they they were loaded for barrel. I went in there. They said, "Well, will you come down and talk to me for an hour? You know, talk to us for an hour." I said, "Yeah." From six to seven, I got there at six. And I left at nine thirty-five. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and no, I, an hour is not going to get it done. No, and it was it was great questions, you know, and it just I call a spade a spade, and I'm honest about things. And uh, well, I that's think, not going to work in 2022. I know it's <laughs> Who does hard, that? right? <laughs> and it's. Um, but like I said, it's 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 good for them to understand what, what I see. I'm not. I'll answer a question for them and be honest about it. And it may mean not what they want to hear, but it's the truth. So, let me ask you this because you mentioned the wolf thing earlier. Yeah. Um, because that's a. It just happened. There was just another lawsuit filed for some uh, rights of access and freedom of information things from some wolf hugging organization that I assume is not in state. That's a uh, one of those flashpoint issues that you go from being the director of FWP here in Montana to the Today Show in a snap because if the right person gets the right publicist, this issue is such a hot button. Scott and I sit here and chuckle to ourselves. They're like, well, they, they shot that wolf outside of Yellowstone. I'm like, yeah, 
He's outside of Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about an area outside of Rhode Island and Delaware combined. If he can't stay in there, then it's open game. <laughs> if he went in the park and shot him, holler. Yeah. But I don't care if he was a foot off the red, you know, outside the park boundary or a county away. Um, that's got to be. Uh, I, I would have to believe one of those things that almost requires its own. I don't want to say silo because you're, you're busting those up, but its own focus group. Well, it does. I mean, <clears throat> there's a, once again, I keep on using the word passion because that's what mm-hmm. it is. I mean, um, like, for example, when I went down to Bozeman and had one of these meetings, I had a lot of people down there in the wolf issue was a big issue there. And they asked me the question, they said, why isn't the commission listening to the public and, you know, not listening to what we've got to say? And my response was, if I said, Here, imagine yourself as a commissioner and you've got 300 written comments and talking about trapping and what you should do for trapping the wolves and how you should do it, and you got 15,000 comments saying you shouldn't trap. Well, the law says you're going to trap. You look at the ones that are pertinent to the discussion and not the passion just because you don't like trapping. Right. So that's where we have to thread this needle on this thing. What does the law say? Our role is to follow the law. So if a law is passed and we have to do things, we have to implement that and abide by it and follow it like it or not that's what our role is so that's that's what people don't understand is and that's why i get back to if you want to change something that you don't like about the department don't come to me and talk to me about it go to the legislature go to the commission whatever it is and make those make those decisions there i will just implement whatever is passed and that's that's what our role is and that's what we've got to make sure that the the department understands our own staff understand that that we're not advocates for one group or another we're advocates for what the law says you're really good at taking the steam right out of that argument, aren't you? I tried to. That was re- that was really good. He's so good at that. No, that yeah, that was yeah. that was that was really good. Don't blame the cop, blame the law. And that's the thing is, you know, you're not a lawmaker. You're you're an organization, you're an agency that goes out and and uh, and and enforces these laws. And then a lot of that is the face of the agency is is your wardens who are out mm-hmm. there, and that's where people deal with. And they always say like uh, like police are always see people on their worst day and wardens that can be part of it but for the most part you're seeing people when they're out doing what they absolutely love and they're kind of a here comes the warden like but you know in most cases if you're doing everything the way you should um it's not a problem you show your license you tie up a discussion uh whatever reason the the warden is there now uh how what is the kind of the agency's um message to wardens as you go out and you're enforcing these things because there's so many judgment calls what mm-hmm. is kind of the uh, the underlying face of the people message that you send them out with well we send them what i i perceive and, and tell them to do is is go out and do what you what you, use common sense i mean basically go out there and look at the issue you can tell you can usually tell if somebody's doing something wrong they're nervous about it doing stuff like that and then pursue it more but if you have look at it more of an educational impact so you know, you brought up a really good point of how people act, react when they see a police. So you're on the you're on the freeway driving the speed limit, but a cop comes by. What do you do? You take your foot off the gas because mm-hmm. it's just a natural reaction to be nervous about seeing seeing enforcement that you think you're doing something wrong every time. Every time. So it's no different with. The, I, with I the, got approached by a warden ice fishing this year. I hadn't caught a thing, and I was still convinced I was in trouble. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't seen a fish in hours. And that's just what happens. They come in there with a the uniform on. Yep. Your, your mind automatically goes, "Okay, what did I do wrong?" And and what we're trying to get across, and we've got excellent wardens and great people doing these and the good people skills, to kind of educate people. So if you do, my perspective is if you have an opportunity, write a courtesy citation over a citation. 
if, you, if there's wiggle room to put a courtesy citation and use it as a learning experience, use it as a learning experience. However, if they've done something wrong and it's um, outrageous, nail them, hammer them, give them the most you can. I mean, that's, that's what has to happen on this stuff. So they've got the discretion to do that. We've got excellent people. They're highly trained. Um, they love their jobs like everybody else does, and they're out there to do the right thing. And I, I know I get beat up a lot of times about people saying, well, how come they got all this military these vests and all this stuff on? And uh, you look at it. What Everybody is, you're dealing with is carrying a gun. Dangerous yeah, job. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, you look at what has happened in the last 15, 20 years. We don't have the days of Barney Fife where you can carry a shell in your right. and an yeah. empty gun. I mean, you're dealing with people that are, who knows what you're going to run into at a fishing access site. You may run into a drug deal going down. You may run into something bad right. going on. You just don't know. So why put our people in harm's way? You know, have them prepared to react to that stuff. Well, and speaking of dropping the hammer... The poaching question is one that uh, Scott and I address uh, a lot. What's your level of frustration with the ability to hammer poachers? Because as a hunter, there's nobody that wants those guys right. hung up to dry more than a, than somebody who's doing it right. And it always seems like, you know, of course, I'm get a rope. Yeah. Um, what is your level of frustration with the, with the punitive nature of that whole so, thing? Once again, I'm related to that's what the law is for. Right. That's their responsibility as a judge is to put the penalties on them. It's not our role. We bring them forward, bring us to it. I'll give you a real quick case. You, you probably saw that uh, that moose that had the, the head cut off yep. around here. Mm-hmm. So I happened to talk to the sergeant that was in on that case when I was running down to Anaconda, matter of fact. And I, I, I just called him up and I said, hey, I just saw you in that. Great job. I'm proud of you. You guys did an amazing job on this. And how did it go? So he gave me the rest of the story. And it was interesting because he went to court and the individual that did it um, owned it 100%. He told the judge in there that he said, the, the warden when I worked with them, they were they were compassionate, they were fair, they were doing this stuff, they treated me with respect, they did stuff. He said, I screwed up, I did this, no excuses. I fall on the court, I have nobody to blame but myself, I did all this stuff. The judge was more lenient on him because of that. And... That's, you know, so what the point on that is if you do something wrong, own it. Step up and do this. So I brought that discussion when I was down in, in uh, Anaconda, and I told him about it because I just got off the phone with him. And one of the guys said, well, I've been busted twice for party hunting using my wife's tag. And I said, well, you're a slow learner, first of all. <laughs> and I said, secondly, how does that have anything to do? And I said, I hopefully you learn that you, you, you own your mistakes. But it's just, it's funny how people always want to blame somebody else for their actions. And if you own it, and... But, but, but like Mike said, you know, good hunters, hunters who, who do everything they can uh, to be legal, to follow these laws. Some of these mistakes aren't mistakes. Like, right. if you don't have a moose tag and you shoot a moose, that's not a mistake, that's a judgment. And and when we see that, get a more lenient... There's there's hunters who believe that you don't get any second chances on this, and and the reason is because a landowner could shut down land to us for that guy who says, oh, I made a mistake, everything was great, and then the judge is lenient on him, right. and it punishes us instead of him. Like he should really take everything for that, and and that's where the outrage comes when you read it in the paper and you see, you don't see the the conversation, you see right. what he was sentenced to. Yeah, and you're like that guy should never hunt again. Like that's not a mistake. You knew it was a moose. It's not the, a deer. Yeah. You, you and so that's where we have the outrage. No, and, and and that's well, you know, it's well placed on this thing. Is is how do we get our laws increased to have more? I mean, we've got 
some we got fines on trophy animals now that are above and beyond for restitution. We got all these other things, but how do we get it done? And the other part of it is how do we get the judges to enforce them? Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it too. I mean, right. everybody boasts in their local judge. I mean, you got different things that are appointed. You need to make sure you got good people sitting on the bench doing what you need done. You know, that's that's where it comes down to at the end of this thing. They have the ability to to put the hammer down or not. Now, Hank, you're asking a lot of people to be responsible citizens. I, I'm I mean, sorry. That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> now I'm doing your job. No, yeah, I mean, no. that's a joke. It's a matter um, of uh, placing that passion where it can do the best, you and, know, with the most. And that's something that you seem to genuinely enjoy the passion that people have and i know full well that most of what you probably have reflected in terms of communication isn't in the negative because when people are passionate about something they're going to tell you what's wrong right a hundred times for every one time they're like hey keep it up i think you're doing a good job i like the new app you know you're probably not going to hear it from that guy yeah you don't he doesn't write an email the guy that's mad because he got busted twice for using a party tag illegally (laughs) which is i got busted for speeding twice like well Get your foot out of the carburetor. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> you ding dong. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you look at somebody like that with a straight face? You know? I hope you didn't. Uh, I just, I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> now, uh, the new app, we keep mentioning it. Uh, so where we are right now, and I have the app, and I've I've, uh, I've kind of used it. I haven't downloaded any e-tags yet. Um, but I have uh, gone on there, and I've purchased a, suffi- a fishing license through it. Uh, so the app, how much more development is this going to be? Because right now, when you go to the app and you hit buy your tags, it just takes you to the website, which is you can go first step and get there. So outside of um, – is, is it just for e-tags uh, currently, and is it going to be the same as it is now in the future? So for the e-tag, this is just phase one. Right. So this is a monster project. Like I said, this is our core business system. It's a huge deal. There's so much data in that system that this is. Uh, we decided to do to to take a, in phases, and phase one includes the public facing app that you guys are seeing, and then also in phase one is the drawings. So that stuff is kind of invisible to the public and and all the hunters, but it's a big deal for us. A lot of that stuff is, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of applications. And a lot of that stuff is handled by our staff manually. People are touching those, you know, going in and double-checking stuff. And and so we're going through, we're updating that process. It's a really archaic way to deal with these things. So that's the part that the public doesn't see. But our plan is to do, uh, this this app should do a lot more. Um, It will... Eventually, the plan is to handle um, mandatory harvest, to report that, to be able to purchase through the app. But that's a big deal. Uh, having There's a lot of think, hoops that you have to jump through to keep customer information safe to actually purchase through an app. So right now, all it does is, is route you back to the website. Uh, so phase one uh, seems pretty small, but I think there's about eight phases that we plan to go through. So it can do all the things that you want it to do on the phone or just what you want it to do. If, if, I buy, if I buy a tag on the website and I have the app, mm-hmm. is it available on the app? Yep. If I bought it through the website? Yep. Okay, good. And you don't need to have service. So you, that's what the, you know, you don't need to be in phone service. And uh, well, that's good. Yeah. I almost yeah. never am. Right. And now <clears throat> I do know that there were, there were some issues and you guys run into some issues uh, with the website, with the deadlines. Once you get really close to the deadline, the traffic increases. Everybody's putting in at the last minute. And I've had troubles where I can't get the thing to work and you have to sit there for a long period of time and hit, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying until finally it goes through. Um, have there been measures to prevent that? and with the app is that an added possibility of of failure uh so we're in the same boat right we're using our old system and so many people are hammering that at the exact second 
all at the same time. But we have a full staff, um, all of our licensing staff and our IT staff are on call 24 hours a day to make sure that if it goes down, it's real quick, that we get it right back up, um, that we fix these things as quick as we have. We have people monitoring that stuff all the time and it does hiccup every now and then but nowhere near what it used to do because we used to we've rearranged some processes and we've made some uh department um updates i I think some changes that have helped avoid that so that's happened before um a couple of times and it's hit us really hard Mm -hmm. Uh, so we we've gone a different way and decided okay we're going to change some processes because this doesn't work and people are angry and it stresses us out we're trying to help the public we're trying to do a good job um and and like you said we don't we don't get a lot of support when we're doing good stuff we just get a lot of noise when we're making when we're making mistakes Yeah, i've been on the phone with my friends texting can anybody get through to see if the results are in it's when the results come in when everybody's on there even the people who put in early so you get the big time traffic when those results come in everybody wants to see if they drew their tags is the uh, app going to send you a notification of drawing results eventually it's not going to do it right now Mm -hmm. but eventually it will send you just a a text message that says hey drawing results are available or congratulations or nice try or we haven't decided all of that (laughs) (laughs) play again thumbs down emoji (laughs) yeah Yeah, just like a frowny face (laughs) Yeah. Tag results are in. (laughs) Nope. I was gonna say you gotta work Yeah, you gotta work on that. I've never I've never drawn and I've put in for a number of different things and I've never drawn any of them. Um and then of course I always talk to somebody long after the deadline is passed, like, Oh, well you should have put in for that. Everybody put in I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Um I still haven't cracked the code on antelope, for instance. I don't know what's involved. I don't know why it's a problem. It's like the easiest one. Well, and that's the thing. I don't. I don't know what the problem is. I don't even know why you need one because everywhere I look, there's about a thousand of them. It seems like it shouldn't be that restrictive, but apparently it's very fancy. I don't know why. But these are things that, as a as just a, a user of the website, there are things I've just gone. You know what? I don't care enough to even ask the questions anymore. I get confused. I can't figure out why I can't see the deadlines. I'm looking for a tag that's in the book, but it's not on the website, and I just go. Hell with it. I don't need it that bad. I'm probably not going to fill it anyway. I'll just be eating this stupid thing in December as it is, uh, and and I just end up walking away. So I am hoping, my hope as a, just, as a full-time dum-dum is that some of this will work itself out to be self-evident. Because I would love it on the phone. I'm one of those. Like If it's on my phone, great. Well, you know, If it's not on my phone, it kind of doesn't exist. Um, but I've, I've had that same experience trying to go through after we talked. Like, oh, we got the website. Now I'm sweet. Let's do this. And I can download my own tags. And then I'm looking for a thing, and it's not there. And then I was texting you directly, and you're like, idiot. Those don't even go on sale until April. I'm like, well, where's it say that? Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's a so, secret. You have to ask me. And then the, the over-the-counter tags that I bought the year before had become a draw, so I couldn't find those. And uh, when all of that stuff changes, I got one guy that I know, and he's super annoying, so I try not to ask him questions, who literally memorizes that book every year. I believe it. And all the codes. Yeah. Oh, he's just obnoxious. He's like Rain Man, though. Yeah. I can't talk to him because he knows all the things. And then he just looks at y'all stark like, I believe you didn't do that. I'm like, you know what? Your kids miss you. And I guarantee you haven't been paying attention to him because you're reading that damn book. Um, so getting, getting that all on the phone is going to be awesome. Well, that you know, that's the stuff I need to hear, and we need to hear all the time is what kind of frustration people have. I'm yeah. Like, how do we make it better? And this this has been a an idea for a long, long time. Actually, this going to this phone app and stuff like this sure. is deputy director uh, Dustin Dustin Temple, a good friend of mine. He was the head of IT, and we had talked about this. It was his idea probably 15 years ago to look at something like this to bring this forward. 
And about seven years ago, we were at a, what they call WAF, a Western Association of Wildlife Administrators meeting, a bunch of different states, and we were talking to Wisconsin. And my, my counterpart, licensing bureau chief from Wisconsin, and they were talking about going into an app. So we sat down there, had a couple of drinks and bar napkin, and wrote out this, this process of how it should look. They went back and implemented it and got it done so Wisconsin, they're a lot more simple than we are though. they are i mean they've they got, got six hundred thousand yeah. hunters in general nine, by the way you get to shoot pole. one deer that's yeah. their regulation <laughs> yeah nine days of season yeah, six hundred thousand right. hunters is what you get you, you yeah. get one deer and apparently 17 wolves <laughs> yeah in one day they yeah. went out one weekend to just destroy the wolves <laughs> but it's um you know, so the beauty of that is they had mandatory reporting and all this stuff like that. So you would harvest something, you could take a picture of it and register it right there too at the same time you harvest it. So this has, gives us the capability to do a lot of things as Emily's talking about. Sure. I mean, the future we want to be able to say is, what did you buy last year? Would you like to get the same thing again? Skip going through this. Oh, just do it automatically. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That's, you know, those are the places we're heading, but we have to have the foundation built. So we had a foundation built in the late 90s and what we've been working on up until now. We're building a new foundation. Oh, I like it. So that's that's kind of helped understand where we're going with this thing. So you asked why we had the paper. We had to because our technology, we couldn't find printers to do it, as Emily said. Right. So it forced us to go old school to get this done. And, um, you know, it's just whatever happens with the people out there, with, you know, like she said, you couldn't get printers, you couldn't get other things. Well, that happens. And there, yeah, Hank and I have talked about this quite a bit, but there are a lot of other states just sitting and waiting to see what Montana does. <laughs> they do because <laughs> we set the precedent for a lot of other states and yeah. the way they deal with stuff. And I have a lot of those conversations with other states and they're like, hey, if they can do it for you, we can do that because we are incredibly complicated. Our seasons are long. We have a ton of opportunities. Too many species to count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they sit back and they watch and they're like, hey, let me know when you're done and then give me your stuff. <laughs> Yeah. That's a so dirty trick, the though. Thing. They make you the canary down the coal mine. I don't think it's yeah. fun at all. <laughs> but it's pretty cool that we actually are are who they're looking to, and that's where they want to model after is Montana. Yeah. You know, one of the points you brought up about concern about tracking you and being where you're at on this yeah. stuff, if you got it. Well, that was a discussion when we looked at mandatory reporting about the tracking when in front of the legislature, and they were concerned about that. You don't know where it's at. I, I personally think it's worth doing, but not sharing it. I think we can capture that information and have a law passed that says we can hold that information for all kinds of purposes. So a case in point is, let's say you come up to a check station and you got a validation on your phone. You didn't validate your deer out there when you're hunting because you're going to drive by the check station. But now you validate it before you get to the check station. We can go up and say, well, no, you didn't validate it in the mountains. You validated it 150 yards down the road. Right. Here's your sign. You know, give them a ticket at that point. Well, yeah, and there's going to be those people who you you shoot a spike in a, in a brow tine only, yeah, and you you want to move it before you validate it, and you go look at. But they're gonna you can be kind of fudged that way. Yeah, and this this will help straighten that out. You know, you'll know exactly where you harvest it, where you validate it, and stuff. So that's going to be that that we have to work through is get the, the trust of the people that we're not going to share this with everybody, and not going to be following you like Big Brother and have satellites on you and everything else. We're out there to provide a service and plus with the mandatory reporting it'll help the commission we'll get data right away what our harvests look like instead of the, all the harvest surveys all the time because i've i've told the harvest survey people and i said you know i lie to them not on purpose but by mistake because you'll call me and ask me a survey and I'll, i'm walking in to get something to eat and i go hell i can't remember what i want to order something i right. can't remember what i did yesterday mm -hmm. and you expect me to do all this stuff if you know ahead of time you're gonna have to do that you're ready for it or if you do it right there at the phone you got the information done. Right. 
with those harvest surveys and with public comment, how much how much of that is weighed um, in respect to the biology? You have your own biologists, you have their information, you have uh, aerial counts, you have these uh, that the, the tell you all about the species, but you also have a lot of feet on the ground who will comment uh, and also take part in those surveys because sometimes as a hunter to me, it seems like the biology with regulations is 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 either behind or off or you know some I, I hunt in an area that there's one moose tag for a giant area and I see moose everywhere and right. stuff like that another area I hunt across eastern montana the population of deer has been decimated and yet it's still either sex either species for and so how how do you how much account does the public have as you know with biology well that's that's the part where i talk about the social issue so when you go to the commission and we talk about season settings and doing stuff like that you need to be vocal at the commission saying you know this is what the what the science says we're not seeing that they need to be aware of that. And we need to look at it, too, as biologists and look at this thing and say, listen to what the public's got to say. Because what will happen is um, we've got some of the most highly educated biologists in the nation working for us. And what a lot of them are, and I say this all the time, is they're great at that, but a lot of them are introverts because they went into that field to be with animals, not people and stuff. So they don't really like talking to people and finding out what's going on. And you have to be able to do that to get all this information in. And then they, they'll look at an area for a case in point, like mule deer in the east. They'll fly the same patterns year after year, and they'll say the, the numbers are staying about the same. Well, they may have moved out of there. They may need to be, be anyplace else. So that's one of the focus I'm going to look at after we're done with uh, this elk working groups and the other things we've got going on is start focusing on mule deer, looking at mule deer again and working on that stuff. So we, <clears throat> it's well, never always always changing. Two things what? hunters are going to lie about is where they're hunting and how many right. animals they've seen, too, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by just, nature. Well, it just occurred to me as you're talking about the phone app that that might be the most valuable resource in the history of hacking because if I could just find out where all the elk are going down, <laughs> man, I just want that database. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going up that hill. I've been on this stupid hill. Yeah. Uh, let me let me close with this, and thank you both for uh, taking your time and suffering all our stupid questions. Are you? Do you guys hunt and fish yourself? I mean, you out there, you may have answered this a little bit. You said your deputy director was, you know, like, did I draw? I mean, are you guys out there using the resource yourself, like, as a customer? Yeah. So that's that's the main reason I'm here. I mean, my brother moved out here in 1970, and I was I grew up in northern Minnesota. So when I was in the service, I used to drive through here all the time. Like, Hang on. Summers. You're from northern Minnesota, and you're a Packer fan. Yeah. Choose no excellence. You were running from home. <laughs> Choose, I guess, I Choose I mean, to be I, better. I, I never looked back. I mean... <laughs> So, yeah, it's good. Minnesota is a great place to be from, and uh, yes. and uh, so I, you know, I, I'm here for the reason of what we've got here. I mean, I sure. when I was in the Corps, we had me and three other guys bought 40 acres of land in Wisconsin for deer hunting. I haven't been back there since '89, and don't need to go back there. And <clears throat> that's why I'm out here. I mean, so it's just yeah, I hunt, fish, do this. Now, full disclosure, last year I didn't. I took the job. I didn't have the time. Right. That will change this next year. But, um, yeah, everybody I work, our whole DO, everybody in the director's office, everybody is avid hunters, um, care about the resource, compassionate, wanted, you know. So it's, it's a great group of people to work with. And uh, what better job to have? Oh, I can think of a few. And just thinking about your hate mail inbox makes me We heard a shorter. voicemail we won't mention, but, man, <laughs> yeah. we thought we got bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> I still think it's unfortunate that we can't play that. <laughs> it's, it's really good. <laughs> it, it really is. 
It's my favorite. I haven't deleted it on my phone either. I'm glad we're not the only people who play those as like a a badge of pride, like that's an honor. Like, yeah, that's that I get those things. But again, that's that's got to be a majority of what you deal with. And I think uh, at some level, you're commended to continue coming into work because it it reflects the the dedication to the job, which is a tough putt. I mean, that's it's a it's a big big job. And, you know, as you've noted a number of times, Hank, you, that you genuinely enjoy it is might be the most shocking thing that I've heard today because because I just I couldn't. Eventually, we, I had a I had a 20 minute talk with both my kids about whining. Just stop it. Yeah. Stop. You're getting enough stuff. I don't want to hear no more whining. If I hear any more whining, things are actually going to get bad. And that is how I would address the public if I were you like, enough. Shut up. Yeah. Like, here's my message. Shut up. I look at it as a challenge. I mean, I, Emily's known that, me for a long time. I sure really, really do like it. I mean, I look at it as a good day. If somebody will call me up and be upset with me, and by the end of the day, we're drinking buddies. And by the end of the conversation, they understand it. They're enlightened. They go, oh, that makes perfect sense. That does this. You know, or we agree to disagree sure. sometimes. But that's, that, to me, is a challenge and, and what makes it so fun. Um, I, got, I got an email the other day that it made me blush, and I'm a former Marine what the guy called me and everything else in it. And uh, I asked her to get his phone number for me out of the system. Well, there you go. That is a gangster move. I called him (laughs) and uh, left a message for him. He didn't pick up. I said, yeah, this is Hank Worsink. You left me an email. Would you give me a call back? About 15 minutes later, he called me back. And all he said was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, first of all, knock it off. I said, I don't want to hear your sorry. I said, you're obviously upset about this to this point that you're saying these things. Let's talk about it. So we went through it and found out that his sister-in-law had given wrong information about the regulations. And he was fired up. And I said, no, you can actually do this and this. It's on this page. We went through it. He goes, I got to make another phone call right now. Yeah, you do. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then he apologized again. I said, no. And I said, I want you to do me a favor, though. When you talk to people out there, you know, you read that I'm pretty much the Antichrist in a lot of these hunting blogs. Very and stuff. close to what you got in the voicemail. Yeah. Right. And uh, just let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm somebody you can talk to and reason with. Well, you've proven that today. Uh, and, and truly appreciate your time uh, coming in, man. Thanks a ton. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Any, anytime you guys want to talk, just let me know. Thanks again to Director of FWP, Hank Warsick, and the Licensee and Bureau Chief, Emily Cooper, for stopping by and enlightening us on all of that stuff. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and let us know if there's anything that we are just flat out missing on. Michael at MontanaRadio.com is my email. Scott at MontanaRadio.com is his email. You can get a hold of us there and let us know. Until next week, be good.